Hello, welcome to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. Episode number 41, When a Loved One Passes. This is actually a really difficult episode. I understand. It is something that I encountered quite frequently throughout my career as a professional organizer, and it's definitely something that I have experience with going through personally. This episode is inspired by a very special person. She is someone that was an acquaintance, and then she hired one of my professional organizers, and we recently learned of her passing. And again, this is a a subject that I know is very important, and I know that is very needed, and it's difficult to do. It really is. And this was someone who was such a huge support and fan of One Organized Mama. And I just wanted to go ahead and do this episode to honor her because I was just very inspired by the stories that the professional organizer that worked with her told me as they were going through her items um, before she passed away. She had a terminal illness, and so she knew she was going to pass away. And um, it was a very difficult process. And so she has given me the courage to go ahead and sit down, write down the notes that I've been thinking over the years from my experience as a professional organizer helping families go through this. And with some love and compassion, because again, not an easy subject to talk about. So I honor our friend and dedicate this episode to her. All right, let's get started. These are 10 different points. And again, it comes from my experience in a practical sense as a professional organizer, working with many clients over the years, helping them go into spaces um, where their loved ones lived and going through their possessions, helping them through the process. Again, as a perf- as a person, I've gone through this. I went through this recently when my grandparents passed away. My grandmother passed away about five years ago and my grandfather passed away a year ago. So we kind of had to go through this in a couple of stages in our own family. So the first three points that I'm going to make are interrelated. They are timing, being mindful that everyone mourns differently, and to encourage you to work in stages. So let's dive in. Timing. This is very complicated. This is very complicated for a lot of different reasons. Perhaps your loved one lived in a home that needs to be put on the market. Perhaps your loved one lived in a place that was being rented and that needs to be put on the market. Or you might be in a situation where your loved one lived in your your home or someone else's home. And so there's not necessarily a rush to go through all of the possessions or belongings. But the other thing to consider is that like in point number two, being mindful that everyone mourns differently, that has a lot to do with timing as well. 
if you've gone through this, you've seen that there are a lot of different ways that people mourn, especially when it comes to this process of going through loved ones' belongings. In a family, perhaps you might have some family members that want to just jump in and they want to go through everything immediately. They need to have some closure and that's how they do it by just going in and getting rid of everything immediately. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you might have some clients who really need to take their time. They're not going to be ready for a while. They don't know if they'll ever be ready. And so it's trying to find that balance between everyone's needs and being sensitive that everyone again mourns differently. So let's talk about this for just a minute. I'm not a huge proponent. I don't encourage clients to go and get storage units as a professional organizer. It's something that I feel like if you do go and get a storage unit, it needs to be temporary. This is one of those situations that I would actually encourage a storage unit to be rented. And the reason for this is that generally you can rent them for a specific amount of time. So maybe if you're dealing with other family members and everyone's not exactly on the same page as when the items and possessions of your loved one need to be gone through, this might actually be a really good middle ground for everyone. So working in stages. If your loved one lived in a home and say they were the only one that lived in the home, it's okay to go through the perishable items. It's okay to immediately go through the items that expire. Go ahead and toss food from the fridge. Go ahead and go through the personal items in their bathroom, hygiene, different things like that. Toss anything that you can and then maybe give away or donate the rest. And then you can go into a stage that if things need to get out of the home, they can be boxed up and put into a storage unit. Again, if this is something that everyone can agree upon, and this kind of gives everyone just a little bit of time to get through those first few weeks and months of that initial shock of the loss. And it gives everyone the opportunity to just sort of be able to revisit this process because it's actually very, very difficult. So as you're boxing up, if this is something that you decide to do, when you are packing the items, you do it just as if you were going to move. And one of the things I want you to consider to do to make things easier is to group like items together. So just like as if I was helping you with organizing something, group like items together. And when you box them, be very specific about the labels. It's okay to get over specific about the labels because one thing that does encounter quite a bit is that a few weeks or maybe a few months down the road, someone will say, hey, did you see dad's favorite sport coat. Well, if you decide that that's something that someone decided that they want to wear or to give to a loved one, you can go into the storage unit 
And you can look for the clothing box and maybe on there, hopefully you've written sport coats. So that's one of the reasons I really want you to be very specific with the labels. And again, grouping like items together. So just something to consider when you're going through this process to help you be able to go through stages. The other thing is that when you are going through the stages, that in itself can be a little tricky. So what are the stages? I mean, the stages depend on you. They depend on the loved ones going through the possessions. So maybe the holidays are coming up and maybe the decorations or the decor is something that you want to bring out to use or it's something that you can't see right now. So the stages completely depend again on the loved ones going through the items. So having the items put away in boxes labeled till when you're ready to go through them is something that's all part of the process. And even if these are boxes, say you put in your own home garage and you realize you're just at a place where you're ready to go through your mother's clothing, for instance, then you have it accessible. You're not having to go through a lot of different boxes of unknown items and such. So again, figuring out the timing, being mindful that everyone mourns differently, and then working out the different stages of how you're going to go through the items will definitely help in the process of going through your loved one's possessions. Okay, point number four, estate sale. Let's talk about this because this is something that comes up frequently when families are going through this process. And a lot of times it comes up from adult children whose parents, whose older parents have passed away. And again, I have a lot of experience with this. In the early days of One Organized Mama, we actually held a few estate sales. And the reason that we did, I know there are estate sale companies out there, but I also know, or at least in the city that I live in, they have to be very high volume, um, high revenue earning. I don't know the term exactly, but they have to make a lot of money in order for an estate sale company to come in. Generally speaking, there may be exceptions to that, but that's what my clients encountered. So as professional organizers, they asked us, would you guys be willing to help us with an estate sale? And so we did about three of them. And I actually decided not to do them after those three because they are a lot of work. So if you are someone and this just makes sense for you and your family to go ahead and do an estate sale, I want to give you just a few tips, a few things that come up during this. Number one, again, like I said, there are professional companies. That's all they do are estate sales. They are fabulous. They're wonderful. But they also charge a pretty large percentage in general. When we were going through this with our clients in previously, um, they were generally charging anywhere from 30% to 50%. And again, it had to be worth their time. They're a business, right? So the gross revenue of the estate sale had to be north of I forget, like $10,000, $20,000. And these are experts, right? These are people that know what they're doing. So they'll go in and they'll be able to assess 
and let you know if this is something that's worth their time. But when we did it for our clients, we it wasn't worth their time, but our clients still had a lot of stuff. And so my team and I decided like, let's put on an estate sale. And they were actually a lot of fun, um, but they're a lot of work and they're extremely, extremely time consuming. And here are a few reasons why. Number one, if you're going through the items of a house after, of course, everything has been distributed to other family members and such, you have to go through and group like items together in order for it to be successful. You have to determine like a plan. If you're going to have people come in the house, you have to actually, you don't want them in every single room. You actually have to kind of do a flow or you're going to maybe put it outside or whatever. So you're going to have to really do a lot of planning. It's something it's, if you've gone to them, I would suggest that if you decide to do an estate sale by yourself and it makes sense to your family, go visit a few and see how they operate especially these companies. They do a wonderful job of managing the flow of traffic through the homes and such. The other thing we learned is don't call it a yard sale or garage sale. If you have a lot of stuff, call it an estate sale. And this is something that we researched when we decided to to jump in and do these for our clients is that if you call it an estate sale, People will actually pay more money for items than if you call it a yard sale or garage sale. Now, you're still going to have your hagglers. You're still going to have your people that are going to want to pay pennies on the dollar for something. But this is actually kind of true. We found that like people would come in and they would spend quite a bit of money on things that I don't think they would have if I was giving a, a yard sale in my own yard. So definitely call it, advertise it as an estate sale. Now, advertising. You have to do a lot of advertising for this. You have to really kind of do that thing where you get people excited. You might want to do it over like a three-day period, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You need a lot of signage to direct people there. So you'll need signage throughout the neighborhood, throughout the streets, you'll want to do a lot of advertising on social media. So again, these are pretty time consuming. But the biggest tip that I wanted to share with you when it comes to an estate sale, and granted, the last time we did an estate sale was, I believe, in 2015, is this. Everyone has those items in their home that are high value. Like everyone has the quote unquote antiques. Or, hey, I found this and it's, I know it's worth a lot of money. It maybe it's that china in the china cabinet that you were never allowed to use because it's an antique set or whatever it is. Here is what we discovered we used the eBay app, and I'm pretty sure they still have this. I don't buy off of eBay, but this was a wonderful tool for us to use because. We couldn't go based on what our client was saying, and we're not appraisers and everything. And so what we discovered, and this is how we discovered this, it was through Pyrex. So if you're familiar with Pyrex dishes, especially Pyrex from the, I think, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 
Um, I know Pyrex is still around, but I guess it's very different now than what it was back in the day. And I can say that I even remember my mother's Pyrex dishes. So early 80s, when everything was like that gold, I think it's called goldenrod and brown and orange um, and yellow. That was another big color from the, the 80s. And everything was in her Pyrex dishes. But if you go back even further, they had the pinks and the greens and the reds and such. And what we noticed when we did an estate sale is that our client had a lot of Pyrex. And we all kind of grown up with it. So we were like, you know, pricing it. But it was like flying. Like people were going nuts. We had taken some photos and placed it on social media. We did not realize what a gold mine of Pyrex that we had. So we had a kind of like pump the brakes on the Pyrex for a minute and figure out like, what on earth do we have here? And so one of the organizers suggested we look on eBay. And so that's what we did. So we would, we started to learn the different patterns and the colors of the Pyrex dishes. We went on the eBay app and we looked them up for what they sold for, not what they list for, but what they actually sold for. Big difference, right? And so we decided to reprice this Pyrex and it still flew off the shelves for the prices that we had. So we probably could have gotten a lot more money. But again, this is where the time consuming part of an estate sale comes in. You really do have to take the time to research stuff. They also had a really beautiful set of China. I think it was Makasa. And if that's how you pronounce it. And that was something we were told by our clients was really high value. Well, let me tell you, it paled in comparison to that Pyrex that they had. They didn't even realize how valuable that those Pyrex dishes were. And I think we ended up having to discount the china quite a bit because it just wasn't in demand. So again, do a lot of research on what you have Utilize some of these apps that sell the items. Again, look at for what these items have sold for when you're doing your pricing. Okay, point number five. This is something that I have told 100% of my clients over the years as we go through their loved one's possessions. And I'm going to tell you 100% of the time, they were super grateful that I had mentioned it to them. Check the pockets. Check the pockets of every coat, of every purse, of every wallet, of every pant, of every shirt, of every shorts, everything. Check the pockets. Think about it. How many times have you put on like your winter coat that you haven't worn in six, eight, nine months, and you find a $20 pill <clears throat> bill in the pocket, right? I mean, we put stuff in our pockets all of the times. Every single time I have told a client this, we have discovered something, whether it's money or some other kind of sweet little memento, like a handwritten note or a little reminder, check the pockets Trust me on this. You will thank me for it later. All right, point number six, honor your loved one's wishes. This 
on a personal note with something that was very difficult for me. When my grandfather passed away in the summer of 2019, he had told my brother and I about a year and a half prior to his passing that we would inherit his home. Now, this is not a home. My grandfather was not a wealthy man by any means. In fact, this was an inheritance that my husband and I actually stressed about a little bit because we thought, my gosh, this might be a bit more of a burden than it is a blessing. Because a home, my grandfather passed away when he was in his 90s, and um, he was very proud of his home, but it was in disrepair. And so we were, again, a little nervous about this and um, found out after the funeral that actually he passed down the home to another family member. So even though it kind of enraged me, not at my grandfather, but at this other family member who I felt manipulated the situation a bit, um, I had to come to the point where I just had to honor my grandfather's wishes. And I've kind of forced myself to do it in a pretty quick way because I didn't want it to taint the memory of my wonderful grandfather and all of the wonderful memories. So I did what I needed to do to just get over it, which was to have a talk with the other family member and just bring some closure to that. And another thing that I did to that was I just drove by the house. And again, it's not, it wasn't even a monetary thing. If anything, it would have ended up costing us money rather than, um, or if we had sold the home, we would not have really received much for it. But I did go through, or I say, I should say I went by the house and I just parked my car in front of it for a few minutes and said my goodbyes. And that was a way for me to honor my grandfather, honor his wish, and just have acceptance that for whatever reason, his wish was not what he had told me it was. It had changed in the months prior to his passing. And I just had to accept that. But again, I know this is something that's very difficult when it comes to families because there's a lot of controversy, as there was in mine. We had two different parties um, believing that my grandfather's wishes were one thing and they believed his wishes were another. And sometimes we just have to go through that process. And again, when it's someone we've loved, we love so dearly, it's really difficult to do that. So Go through the process of just acceptance, whatever that is. You may not like it. You may not need it. You may not want it for yourself. But if it's your loved one's wishes, try and honor it as much as you can. And try not to destroy other relationships in the process. That's something um, else that I've seen happen a lot, again, personally and professionally. And I will tell you a quick professional story about that. And that is that one client that I had, had apparently, she hired us at the end of a very long legal battle that she had with family members. And I don't know the details exactly, but all I know is part of the legal battle were were these dishes, this china set, I want to say it was. And it was this 12 12 piece china set for 12 people. Well, 
when we were working with this client in the process of working with her, she really opened up and shared quite a bit. And essentially, this lawsuit just dissolved as a family. And I just thought that was so sad because here we are and we're helping her unpack this beautiful china set that she had so many memories of that had family dinners and she like every plate we unwrapped I felt like it sparked another memory that she told us about these wonderful family dinners over the years and all I could think about was oh my gosh this china set may never be used by all the family members again because it was involved in this legal battle between family members that from what she was telling me it sounded like it kind of destroyed some family relationships. So again, I can't help it but think that her family member that she inherited these dishes from really wanted that as their wish. So if you can, if you can get yourself in the mindset to just say, you know what, sometimes these are just possessions and it's okay to let go of some of these things, especially if you feel like it's going to honor the wish of your loved one. And rest assured that no one can ever take away your memories. And those are something that you can hold on and cherish for life. So honor the wishes the best that you can. All right, point number seven, again, dealing with family members. And this is something that is so difficult for so many of us because if you, in the best situation, have a wonderful family that's on the same page, or at least you feel like you are, issues will still arise. So point number seven, I encourage you to suggest that you create some kind of a inventory or written document that can be accessed by all family members when going through the possession. So we're talking about the physical, the tangible items of your loved one. Um, I've created them for clients where it was just simply like an inventory and we did a color-coded system and along with it came a color-coded box system. And basically how it worked was we went through and placed items in boxes for specific family members and then we use a color-coded system. And the way that we color-coded the boxes were with <clears throat> coordinating um, duct tape. And so if it had like a pink, it went to a certain family member and we were able to label it. And then we had like a written inventory so that the family member inheriting the items could look at it. It doesn't need to be, your system doesn't need to be as specific or complicated as that. It's a lot of work to do something to that level. You could just do a series of emails and make sure everyone is on the emails and you just sort of have a trail. Like, hey, here's our plan to go through. We're going to go through the garage. So-and-so would like the workbench tools. So-and-so would like the gardening items. And just so everyone's in agreement on it. And it just kind of, for for lack of a better term, it just covers all of your bases. It covers everyone so that there's an understanding in writing of who gets what. Because again, when emotions are involved, the mourning processes and stages are very different for each person. It gets very complicated. So again, 
create some kind of a system that everyone feels that they're a part of and that spells out how you're going to distribute the items to the recipients. All right, point number eight. And this as a professional organizer is something that I just think is amazing and wonderful and such a brilliant way to do things. And it's going, it's taking your your loved one's items and donating to their favorite charities. Um, We've done everything. We've had families who whose loved one was a veteran. And so we made sure when we were distributing the items to different charities that we tried to hit all of the different veteran charities that we could. There's another um, family that I worked with whose father was a very well-known businessman locally, <clears throat> locally. And so he had all of these amazing suits And so they wanted to make sure they went to charities for young men looking for jobs because they just knew that their father would love it if a young man who wasn't able to buy these expensive suits was able to wear it and walk in and and get a job. Um, We've had other um, clients in the past who were big animal lovers. And so we kind of put some calls out to different animal charities to see what they were in need of. And so whether it be newspapers or old magazines um, for the bottom of cages or old blankets and towels, again, it was something that was a really wonderful thing. And you can do this in the spirit of your loved one. So even if it's not, it it doesn't necessarily have to be a charity that your loved one um, donated to or anything, but just get a little bit creative about it. And it's something that actually is very inspiring. And again, it's something that when we did this as professional organizers, something that was just really wonderful to watch with the family because they felt so proud. It was very touching when they knew that their loved one had helped someone else or had inspired a charity that would mean a lot to them. So again, consider honoring your loved one by donating to charities or causes that would be near and dear to them. Okay, the last point that I want to make, and it goes in a little bit with the other point, especially the inventory point, is I want you to work together as a family to create a system that makes sense to all of you. So again, we're coming full circle on this. I want you to understand that no matter where you are at in the food chain of control, like for instance, with me going through my grandparents' belonging, I'm the grandchild. There's a whole other generation older than me that had more control of the situation. And so I just had to know my place. And And that was okay. It wasn't easy, but I just sort of had to know my place. Now, when and if I'm in the situation and I'm the one who's in charge, I'm going to have a lot of empathy and compassion for those who don't quite have a say in what happens to my loved one's possessions. So I encourage you to create a system that works for everybody. Again, it can be something that's like an inventory or some other really neat things that I've seen or worked with clients on 
are, for instance, everyone has their own boxes and everyone has a name on it. So as other family members, so for instance, if you have family members that live out of state or out of town or or are unable to be there to actually go through the possessions, everyone has their box. And so everyone knows that the items that they are inheriting are going to go in their special box. And it's actually something that can be very sweet to open a box and see that you have some very special mementos from your loved one. So that's one of the systems that I've seen work. Another one is <clears throat> a sticker technique. I've seen this. Um, I actually heard about this years ago before I was a professional organizer. A friend told me that her grandparents had gone through their house when they were still vibrant and young, but you know, were aging and they had placed a sticker under different items. And on the sticker, they wrote down the family member's name of who was going to inherit that item. And kind of an interesting way to go about it. But you know what? It clears up a lot of stuff. It's like doing a family trust. My husband and I did that a few years ago. It takes out all the guesswork of what our wishes are. And it's just laid out there. And it's very specific, very detailed on what we want to happen when our time comes. And again, we did that because I just don't like fighting and I don't want my children after I pass away to be faced with that. So this is something I've actually seen quite a bit through, like I said, from my friend with the sticker and then through um, as a professional organizer, I've actually seen other families use it and I think it's brilliant. So if that's something, and that way too, people can kind of go through and, and do with this in a very sensitive way. Don't be insensitive about this. Like if you're the one receiving the item, be very sensitive. Don't be super greedy or giddy about it because again, point number two, everybody mourns differently. So even if you're super excited to get that fancy set of china out of the china hutch, be very understanding that not maybe everybody is happy with that decision. So again, create a system that works for you. The best system that I've ever seen work, and this was really amazing. This was a long-term client that's now become a dear, dear friend of mine. She is actually one of the clients that we did the estate sale for. So we originally hired when both of her parents were still alive and they were going from their home that they had lived in for 35 years and we were hired to help them downsize. So we were hired to help them go through their clothes, their dishes from their big home and help them take what they could to their smaller home. And then once the family went in, took the high value items out um, packed up a lot of stuff. What was left over, they wanted an estate sale done. So that's what we did. We went in, we helped them with an estate sale, gave them the money that they earned from that. Now, down the road a little ways, a few months in, unexpectedly, the father passed away. So then we went in and we had to help with the process of going through his belongings, but again, in a very sensitive way because the mother was still alive and 
go through the process of, you know, sorting through his items. And then about a year and a half later, the mother passed away. So then again, it was time to put the house on the market and go through her belongings. And through this process over the years, what I had done with my client is we had taken all of those mementos, all of those wonderful things, and we had sort of packed them away because she had a plan. And it was brilliant. She said when both of her parents had passed away, she wanted to travel back to Michigan where they were from and where the majority of the family lived. And so I had worked with her from 2015, and then we did this in 2018, I believe. And so it was a three-year period over this course. And by the time her mother had passed away, she wanted to do a big memorial service back in Michigan. And she had invited me to go along with her, and we brought another organizer. And so we traveled from Nevada over to Michigan. We had shipped the boxes ahead of time. She rented a ballroom and a hotel. And the other organizer and I went in. We had unpacked all of the boxes. We had set up many, many tables in this hotel ballroom. And it was wonderful. It was Christmas ornaments and different decorations. And her father had been an architect. It was some of his drawings. And he also painted. So it was a lot of his paintings. The mother loved to travel and had collections of beautiful items that she had cherished from her travels around the world. And we laid out all of these items and we spent about eight hours as the family gathered in this ballroom. We had it catered with lunch and they were able to come in on their own time look through the items. And I forget exactly, she had like a system where you couldn't just go in and start taking stuff. I believe like you could go up one at a time and it was based on the oldest to the youngest or something like that. So one person at a time was able to sort of walk around the tables and take one item at a time. And what the most amazing thing about this process was, were the family members getting together and sharing the memories because ultimately, our lives are not based about on our possessions. It's not about the things that we collect over the years or that we've purchased. Our lives are about our legacy, about our memories, about the things, the lessons, and all of those wonderful, intangible things that we pass down to our family members. And ultimately, that was the most inspiring situation that I've worked with. Because even though it was handing out these different items and having the family members receive their inherited tangible items, they all had this understanding that it was just about the life of grandma and grandpa. And family members reconnected I learned so many stories to the point where (laughs) I can now share some of these family stories. Like I can go and as if it were my own family. That's how amazing and inspiring the situation was. So if you can, again, work together as a family with the understanding 
that everyone mourns and processes this differently and create your own system as a family for distributing the different tangible items of your loved ones. I hope it brings you the experience that that family in Michigan experienced and that it brings together a family with love and at the center of it is your loved one who has passed away. So again, I know a difficult subject. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. This is something that I, again, I get a lot of questions about. So if you have any questions about how to handle some of these situations, again, feel free to send me an email at any time, oneorganizedmama at gmail. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.